when I gave up alcohol, man, I gave up everything. Like I gave up and I'm okay to talk about this. So I gave up cocaine. I gave up weed. I gave up ecstasy. I gave everything up. So, um, you know, the, the thing is when I became sober, I cut it all out, nothing. And, um, you know, that's it. Like nothing like, Hey, do I want to do this drinking thing every weekend? Or do I want to build relationships with the people that care for me the most? And I chose that over the drinking and uh, it was the wise decision. All right. Welcome back to too hard, too fast, the podcast with strong opinions about things that we may or may not know too much about in order to broaden perspectives, (laughs) in order to broaden perspectives. Um, today we have Christopher Mott, uh, with us. He's going to, he has a really amazing story to tell. It's his story, uh, from coming from hitting rock bottom. If I could say that, Chris, uh, Mm -hmm. to recovery and being, I would think from what I see from an out, uh, outside perspective, living a successful life and still growing from it. Absolutely. Um, so with that said, sit back, buckle up, let's go too hard, too fast. All right. All right, Chris. Um, once again, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, the way I met you is... I work with your mom as a teacher who I 100% respect so much. And for the longest time, her classroom was right next to my classroom. So mm-hmm. I can hear her singing and, and teaching the kindergarten kids. And now we're like halfway across the building. And every time I see her, I'm like, that's one of the things I miss the most is her singing and, and her like interacting with the kids. Um, yeah. She's, Super funny lady, and I respect her so much. So uh, from that, I met, I, I got to see your story of, of becoming sober. Mm-hmm. And each time she posts how proud she is of you, I, I kind of like, I, I see it, and it, om- it influences me in a positive way. Like it, it almost, all, I, without really even having a connection to you, it makes me proud of you. And I don't know if that's weird to say, but it's just, it's a cool thing to see someone taking control of their life and making something for the best. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I I'll start off with uh, gratitude always. So I Worm and George, I appreciate you guys having me on your podcast. I'm, um, thank you for allowing me to to share some of my story with you guys. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, man, my, you know, I, I appreciate the kind words, George. Um, you know, it was a, uh, it's, it's been a, uh, a life-changing event for me, you know, for, uh, for many years, man, you know, um, alcohol, partying, that lifestyle, that's how I lived my life, man, for like 15 years, hardcore. And I had a lot of fun. Um, I have some memories that some of them I remember, some of them I don't, but it was a lot of fun, man. But, it got to a point in my life where um, you mentioned my mother who, uh, you know, it sounds like um, she, she shares the same type of, she speaks very highly of you as well. Um, but she, you know, she and um, my sister, you know, I'm extremely close to both of them. And um, it came to a point in my life where my mom would tell me, 
um, you know, I was, I was two different people. Um, one that she would see, you know, over at their house on Sunday nights for dinner. And then another one she would see on social media or hear about through my friends or hear from my sister, you know, and it was, I didn't want to come to the reality of it, but it was true. I was living two different lives. One, I was trying to be this good person. Um, and then this other one, I was trying to be this flamboyant, arrogant type of playboy that, um, you know, I, I became to, to despise. And I came to a point in my life where I needed to change to become a better man, a better son, a better brother. And that has um, brought me to sobriety. And so, um, you know, it was rock bottom for me um, because I was about to lose, not rock bottom in, this, in the, uh, you know, there's, there's different types of forms of rock bottom out there, but, you know, I was still had a place to live. I had a car, you know, I had a job, but um, I was about to lose the most important things in my life. And that was my family. And so that made me hit rock bottom and, and made me uh, make a life changing decision. Before we dive deeper into your story. Um, one thing I know your mom kind of worried about, and um, I don't know, you said you weren't worried about it and it was cool with you. When we start the show, we usually have like a drink with us and we kind of explain, we do a, like a drink review of our favorite beer or the new beer of the, that we're trying out. But we're in this podcast, we're not going to have that. And you say we could, but out of respect and out of like honor. And I said on, on the phone with you, like, it's weird to say honor, but really like you've accomplished so much. We want to honor that. So today we don't have a drink review per se, but I did my wife this morning made a smoothie and I was halfway done with it when I realized this would be good to put on the podcast because you're like a health enthusiast now. And, you know, Rona hasn't been kind to me. <laughs> I put on that Rona weight. So yes. she's been doing smoothies with, uh, and that's what I have today. And it's got hey. like all kinds of vegetables and like mushrooms and eggplant and all kinds of fruits and vegetables, supplements, it's really good. The weird thing about it with this one, it's it has like a. Have you ever had Lucas? Yeah. Growing up in San Antonio, right? Yeah. You probably have. Yeah. So I've had it. it has that flavor of Lucas, and I was like, "Did you put tahini or Lucas in this?" Because that's exactly what it tastes like. So, really yeah, enjoyed I, it, and that's what I'm having today. Well, I appreciate the kind gesture, gentlemen. Uh, like I said, you didn't have to do that, but I I, I appreciate it, and uh, uh, that means a lot to me. No worries. Um, I I don't know about Warren. Warren might be <laughs> some things under that mask. <laughs> well, what, oh, well, what I wanted to hear is, uh, well, George mentioned uh, his smoothie. And what, what, is there anything that, that you do that I guess you recommend for others also? Well, um, as George mentioned, man, I'm, a, I'm really into health and fitness right now. So like uh, the like 90% of what I do and what I drink is, is typically pretty healthy. And so I do do, uh, I do do protein shakes. Um, probably like my, my favorite meal that I consume a day, man, is, uh, and it, I don't know how good it sounds to you guys, but it's something I look forward to every day is, uh, you know, healthy food is kind of boring, but I do, uh, I do whole oats, but then I put uh, a scoop of protein and um, sugar-free syrup and then I put blueberries in it and I mix it all up man and it tastes like this magnificent like blueberry sweet vanilla pancakes man it's like the thing that I look forward to every day so that's one of the things that I drink and eat every day is, is the protein oats 
so that, that's one thing that too that I've started, I guess, realizing um, uh, is we have to fuel our bodies, you know. So we have to be aware of what what we're consuming. So that's something that I'm just getting into to try to be a little bit healthier. Sure. Um, I, I know I need to cut on my alcohol consumption, but <laughs> I'm working yeah. on that a little bit, little too. But uh, aside from that, even during the week, instead of eating junk food, instead of eating that, I'm trying to be more conscious too. Of, Good for you, man. It, yeah. it starts with those little changes. No, yeah, definitely. What, what uh, is there any like specific foods that you would say, man, these are very nutritious? Yeah, so um, fish. Fish is... Uh, fish. Like, yeah, and I used to hate fish, man. I, I thought, The only fish I liked growing up was, like, Long John Silvers. I, I used to love Long Johns, man. I don't even think Long Johns is around anymore. But, yeah, man, I love that Long Johns, like, fried fish. But um, now, man, it's like um, it, fish is so – it's so lean, high in protein, and, like, no fat. And so um, the majority of my day, what I eat is uh, jasmine rice and fish um, and veggies. That's pretty much it. And I'll do, like um, – egg whites and then i'll do my uh my protein oatmeal but uh yeah 90 percent of it is uh fish and 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 jasmine rice because fish is just it's so easy to digest um it's lean it um my girlfriend actually makes it but um she makes it so it does she uses some real um the spices that she uses are are real healthy and so um yeah that's that's what i recommend if, if people are really trying to um, and I talked to my, I have a health coach. He writes my diet for me and everything. And, um, you know, fish is the way to go for if you're really trying to get in really good shape is because it just, it trims the body fat down. It's good for your cholesterol, high blood pressure, everything. It's, it's so good. It has omega-3 fatty acids in it. It's so good for you. Okay. Do you alternate between like tuna or tilapia yeah. or salmon? Tilapia. Tilapia, tuna, uh, if you want to get real hardcore, like I have some buddies that eat sardines straight out of the can, which I don't recommend. Yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. I couldn't do that. But um, we do um, – I get a uh, shout-out to uh, Lion's Den Meal Prep Service. They are the best in San Antonio. They do all my um, – they meal my meals for me, so I don't have to go to HEB and find it. They cook it all, and they deliver oh, wow. it to, to your – they, anybody can use them. It's called Lion's Den meal prep services and um you know george the owner he does he does alaskan cod for me and um he'll do it i know you own that george <laughs> not this george right? oh, not this george. oh yeah um <laughs> uh, but yeah he, he does uh he measures my fish out for me and then it's so easy man i just throw it in the microwave i have about four meals a day of it and uh my girlfriend seasons it and i eat it i don't have to cook i don't have to go to hb i don't have to do any of that it's all done for me so it's pretty cool and easy. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stir up a little hate right now because I think this is an interesting one. Um, are you the one in the office that heats up? Um, no, that um, heats up fish in the microwave. <laughs> no, oh man, I, I don't, I don't do that. No, I, I, I despise that person. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't, I, man, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. No, uh, luckily, well, due to the Corona, like, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the only one eating in my, uh, my office kitchen, but, uh, no, I wouldn't be that guy, man. I'd have to go downstairs to like the cafeteria to do all that. <laughs> um, let's go back into your story. Uh, before getting into the health life, healthy lifestyle, you said you were part of the, like a playboy lifestyle or you were trying to be, 
what were you actually trying to reach by having this uh, like kind of lifestyle? And I, I'm only asking this because I think in college I I went out and I I grew up with the college movies and this is what mm -hmm. college dream. When yeah. I went to college, I said, you know, I want that college lifestyle, the party. Uh, yep. You know, I, I went with a goal to, like, get out of college, like, to graduate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that was always the set in mind, but also I wanted the spring breaks. So, and I did, I feel like I did every spring break possible. I was nice. lucky enough to do it. But after that, once you do that, what's next? How do you, like, for you at least, what was that lifestyle that you were trying to, or what were you trying to get from that lifestyle? Let, let me say this, and this is the honest truth here, okay? So I did, um, I, I got in trouble um, here um, when I was, my mom, you know, she can tell you a whole different story about this, but I got in big trouble when I was like 17 or 18, and I got pretty much kicked out of San Antonio. So I had to go uh, live with my grandmother in Kansas. And granted, this is like a small country town in Kansas, and I've always lived in big cities. And so... Um, I, it was a big, huge change for me. So I had to move to Kansas and go and didn't want to go. And I, and I started to go to college and, and that's where I really uh, got George, just like you said, man, I got into that really that the party, the animal house, the old school, all that party stuff. It just started. That's where I really got into it. And that's because I didn't really drink a lot uh, before I went to Kansas. I was just a bad kid and I moved up there and um, that's when it really started. And, um, you know, I, I did go to spring breaks just like you, man. I went to all of them. I was a bartender. So I, I, I kind of started to get the Playboy image there, man, because when you're the bartender in a hot college bar, like the spot, you know, that one spot where everybody goes, you think you, you know, you're the man or whatever. It's, it's an ego thing. And, um, you know, it, it's funny to say, I, pe people ask me this and, um, and I'm not saying this, I, I humbly say this, but I, I, I did not, when I graduated with my undergrad, I didn't know what to do with my life. I was 27 years old because I didn't go to school for three years. And, you know, I, I wanted to stay and be a kid in college. So I didn't, I went and got my master's, but I didn't do that for the educational aspect of it. That's not why I did it. I did it so I could stay and party and stay in college and continue that lifestyle. That's the honest truth. And when people ask me that, I'll tell them like, look, I didn't want to get a master's degree. I just did it so I could get a year and a half of parting left. And I enjoyed the year and a half, but um, to get to your point, like um, I was trying to be the guy that had all the girls, the, 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 the the person that you know i really wanted to be is is i started to despise a man because i would just you know I, I would date girls and then i got a reputation for being a bad guy and i would make stupid decisions drinking and um you know it's just i liked him for a while man but then after a while it just i became to hate him and um you know it's the persona that i that I, my mom was talking about is she was absolutely correct when she was telling me that you know i was two different people and it was hard for me to admit that at first but she was telling the truth and um you know that's ultimately what made me change i hope that answered your question man i'm kind of reared off there but um just you know trying to keep it real with you guys no no no, no. i find it amazing how getting your masters was the side thing the main thing was partying it was <laughs> the hey, master man, I, that it's the true. courses were probably easier. So. Yeah, oh, but that shows was, your man. intelligence also that you're capable of 
still doing that. <laughs> and I don't even remember half the stuff I did during that, man. I was so hazy and yeah, but got through it. And, uh, you know, I, I came out of it, but that was, uh, man, that was a fun six and a half years, I think. Yeah, almost seven. Have you thought about your PhD? You know, you know, where am I? I was actually thinking about getting a PhD after I got my master's degree, but they, I don't yeah, think they, yeah. they didn't have a doctoral <laughs> program where I was at because I would have done it. I would have, I would have went straight through it. Oh, yeah. uh, no, but just going off with what Worm actually said, yeah, that it's not very often that you see the the partier even graduate with his bachelor's or her, his or her bachelor's. Uh, when they are living the lifestyle of party. And like usually, unfortunately, most of the time they flunk out or, you know, they waste their money and, and, and different things, uh, alcohol, drugs, parties, travel, you know, they don't use their time wisely, whatever it is, and they fail out. So I think you more, more so, I don't know, maybe both of us got real lucky with what, how we did and that we did graduate um, I didn't go into my master's till like much later in life, so and there was no party in that either. <laughs> but uh, I think, and, yeah, it's awesome. But I think that if uh, if I had the opportunity to keep going and continue the party, and I probably would have to. And yeah, you know, it was a it was it was a different time and it was a different lifestyle. And sometimes I reminisce about it. It was so funny. I was talking. My wife was. I was trying to picture like what I'm going to ask you what we're going to talk about, how we're going to relate. And I was like, you know, I like to party. I still like to party. I don't do it very often as much. I think this podcast is the most party and I get. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so I'm a bad I'm, influence. No, I'm, and I'm, so I'm trying to go over what I'm going to ask you and how we're going to tell your story and do justice by it. She goes, what are you doing? And without it be like, I just like to mess with my wife. I'm like, I'm reminiscing of the times when bad decisions weren't mistakes yet. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I said it as a joke, but she was like, oh, sh- <laughs> that hits hard. Because, you know, we all, we all made bad decisions, whether yep. it was on the, under the influence or not, but we all made bad decisions. And we don't know it till much later in life that those bad decisions eventually made mistakes or were, became mistakes. And mistakes yep. that we're still trying to pay for or trying to correct later on in life. Yeah, man. That, perfectly well said, George. And, um, you know, I'll add something to that. You know, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, um, if, if I could get away with, um, like, having a beer with you guys right now, I would do it. And I tell people this all the time. If I could still party, I would. But the thing about it is, I know I can't because I'm not like a normal person. Like if I have a beer, um, I may be okay then, but tomorrow I'll have a beer and then I want another one and another one and another one. When I start to have the beers, like there's no off switch, man. It's full grown party all the way. And I'm going to go hard. And that is where I know that it's just for me and not for everybody, but just for me, like, I know I can't even have one. And I get asked that all the time. You can't just have one beer, man, or you one shot. No, no, I can't. Because if I get back into that, like, it's going to be right back into that lifestyle. Like, I never left. I'll jump right back in it. And to your point, um, all the mistakes that the big mistakes that I made. And George, I think my mom shared that story with you where 
you know, my stepdad took me to a Spurs game. I ended up blacking out at the Spurs game, man. And um, they had to come pick me up at this girl's apartment, man, on the other side of town, like three o'clock in the morning, I was blackout drunk, like little things like that. I didn't get in trouble every time that I drank alcohol. I didn't and had a lot of fun doing it. But every time that I got in trouble, alcohol was involved every single time. Mm. And that's where I did a checklist. And I'm like, well, what about this time I was drinking? Well, damn, what about this time I was drinking? And so that's where I knew that drinking was a major issue in my life. Um, before going any further, how, how long have you uh, been sober? So my sobriety date is February 28, 2017. So coming up on four years. Four years, wow. Yeah. And it almost sounds offensive, at least for me. And I'm not even in, you know, going through the sobriety or trying to be the in the sobriety. Yeah. For, to ask someone that who's, who's fighting sobriety or trying to stay so, sober, because like, would your program or you being sober, it says every fight is, a, or every day is a fight. I don't know if it's true for mm -hmm. you, but every day is a fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, so, yeah, it is. Well, is it offensive? And maybe not for you because you're very easygoing, or it seems like you are, um, to ask them, you can't even just have one beer. Like, it almost, it almost yeah. diminishes four years of hard work. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, it's not, people that know me, they don't ask that question. It, it's not one of those things. It's one of those things where I'll be at a social event or I'll be hanging out with my buddies and we'll be at a sports bar. And like I said, I, I don't have a problem going around drinking. I don't, I'm, I'm around it a lot. But, you know, if somebody doesn't know me, they'll ask me, hey, do you want a shot? And that's where it's be like, no, I'm good, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm chill. I don't need a shot or I don't need a drink. And then that's where they'll ask the question like, hey, you, you just don't want one? And I just don't get into logistics of it all. I'm just like, no, I'm good. And usually after I tell them that, there's, there's not a problem after that. They respect it. It's weird because I guess I've, we've all had our, that friend that, you know, is a partier or maybe we're that friend and we decide to do something. <laughs> George is that friend for me. I tell him, hey, man. George is that friend. And he goes, no, man, just be, be a bro. Be a bro. Yeah, I'm like, all right. Yeah. No, uh, you know, that one friend that decides to quit for sober October or, you know, no drink January or whatever they call it. Yeah. And we have that one friend that goes, dude, come on, man. Why are you doing this? It's like, it's yeah. dumb. Yeah. You're just going to go back at it in November and you're going to go yeah. twice as well. But to that person and a different perspective, I've been on both sides where I was like, hey, I'm going to do sober October. And then I get that one person, dude, just one. Or I'm in town. We're hanging out and having that friend doing it. And it's like, dude, you're kind of boring. Like you're being boring right now. How do you deal with that? Or how does that, does that even come up, come up anymore after four years? Good point, man. And, you know, prior to our call, you know, I mentioned this and I'll be happy to talk about it now. It's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I knew for a long time uh, when I was still drinking, when I was still partying um, that I, that I needed to quit um, because it would be like one of those things, man, I was such a professional alcoholic that, I would go out and I would plan the next day. So I would try to get over my hangover so I could do it the following day. Like I wouldn't drink really during the week. Like I was trying to be a professional person Monday through Friday, but on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it was on. And so like I would go and I would plan it all out. I would get like a, a, a Pedialyte. 
a five hour energy and have them by my bed. And so in the morning when I wake up, I drink the Pedialyte, the five hour energy to give me that boost, that reach a rehydration so I could get good and, and, and be ready for Saturday night and then Sunday fun day. And so I, I had my day set. And so it was like that for like three, four years. And I got to a point where I was like, man, I really need to quit. But the thing that held me back was the fact that I didn't think that I would be able to enjoy life, man. Like, cause everything that I did go to a Spurs game, go to a restaurant, go to a friend's birthday party, go to a happy hour involved drinking every single place that I went, it involved drinking. And I was like, man, how, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to navigate through the things that I've thoroughly enjoyed for the last 15 years without alcohol? That was my biggest fear. It was. I couldn't have fun. I'd be boring. And I've learned through the three and a half years I've been sober is, and I think I'm more, I'm more in tune, uh, I'm more fun, I'm more present than I was when I was just drinking and partying. And I'm more, you know, then people tell me that. It's just not me saying that. It's like, man, you're, you're really, you know, there's, there's something different about you. And so, um, you know, because when I was drinking, man, I was just worried about that next drink, the next shot, who's going to get the round. And it was, I was never really in tune to the present moment, but now, um, you know, I'm, I'm sober, I'm in the moment, I'm enjoying people's presence. I'm listening to their story instead of just thinking about myself all the time. Um, and so I've learned to adapt. I've learned to actually enjoy going to the Spurs game sober. I actually remember the plays and who won the game and I actually can drive home and I don't have to spend money on a $45 Uber and, uh, you know, or Whataburger after the game. And, you know, I can, I can, uh, I can drive friends and, and they're thankful that I, I'm the one driving and it doesn't bother me. And, you know, things like that, um, you know, it, I've learned to, to, to really, um, enjoy life again i'm, I'm kind of living like this brand new life that i never knew was out there through sobriety man it just some of the things that i just never appreciated um now i appreciate due to being sober and being in the present moment hope that makes sense perfect man you really kind of hit home i guess for me so you um because usually when you think of an alcoholic, you think of someone that has to drink every day, someone that has to get drunk every day. But you uh, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you kept it professional Monday through Friday, but once Friday and Saturday came along, um, that's when, um, you know, you would plan everything. So that's kind of where I'm at, man. So, so, now you're, so now you're making me think like, crap, well, maybe, so is it, I guess at what point then should someone ask themselves, do I have a problem? Cause you kind of hit it right on for yeah. me, but I've always had in my mind, well, I don't have a problem because I don't do it every day, just on sure. the weekends. You sure. know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, I, I think ultimately that has to come down to you. You know, I, I'm, I'm never the one to tell somebody, Hey man, like, I think you're an alcoholic. You need to get help. That wouldn't be right. I mean, that's not what my program teaches me to do, but what I try to do is I try to share my life experiences like I just did. And if you can relate to it, it makes you think about it. Like, do I need to make a change in my life to be able to become the person I've always wanted to be? If you're happy with the person you are, then and you, and it sounds, you know, where you guys, it sounds like you're a pretty happy dude from, you know, knowing you for the last, you know, 30 minutes. But <laughs> it, 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 um, it ultimately has to come down to you to make the decision. You know, for me, um, you know, I knew deep down that I needed to make that decision because I knew that um, on the weekends, man, like I couldn't, 
just have a drink, I would go till I was full out blackout drunk. And then mm -hmm. I would do it all over again. And it was tearing not only me mentally, physically, and emotionally apart, man. It was like, it was affecting the people that, you know, love me the most. And that wasn't worth losing those people. And so ultimately I had to make the choice like, hey, do I want to do this drinking thing every weekend or do I want to build relationships with the people that care for me the most? And I chose that over the drinking and uh, it was the wise decision. Nice. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, so, um, well, and George, I don't know if George knows this. So, so I appreciate George being in my life. So the reason for too hard, too fast. You know what I used to do? I used to just try to chug everything as much as I could, as fast as I could, empty stomach. But then, and then George was like, hey, man, you have to eat. Eat something. Eat something for each other. <laughs> so, I, but, think uh, I think I've gotten a lot better now that I've gotten older, though. But That's where the name Too Hard, Too Fast came yeah, from. Hard, okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, Coming nice. In. It makes sense. But, but no, I, I totally relate to the uh, – and, and I'm like that. I can't just have one. I have to at least – I at least have to get at least a buzz. And even then, once yeah. I reach that, I still say, nah, I could, I need more. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, and I totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. So, and then I think a big issue for me too is um, sometimes, well, and you had mentioned that too. Like if I go visit family, whether it be like my dad or it'd be cousins, or even if I meet friends, you know, they, you know, that's part of the, like, I guess, communal okay. thing. Like, hey, let's all have a drink together. Yeah, you know I mean, so I think that that's that's another hard part, too. And then same thing. We're like, oh, great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just communal. But then for me, it's like, oh, OK, I can't just stop at one. I do need a. So, so what yeah. would be the next steps? Like if I um, if I do, do say, hey, I want to improve this, um, what would be the next steps? Well, there, I mean, there's several things you can do, man, um, you know, for the person, not just for you, but for someone listening to this podcast and just thinks that they want to try a different uh, avenue to life. Um, you know, I, I, um, I am a part of a program called Alcoholics Anonymous. And I know that has a, a word out there and people are like, what? Hey, hey, like, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a proud member. Um, and that's what really, uh, you know, changed my life is, you know, I started, I started um, attending their meetings. And uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, both of you, like, I did not want to do that. I thought of, like, when I think of AA, when I thought of AA, I thought, of like, of a, a smoky, like, bingo hall with a whole bunch of old people sitting in a circle and telling sob stories. That's what I thought mentally in my head that that was. But um, it wasn't. And, um, you know, it. I'm so grateful for those people in that program now. And I hold them to the highest element in my life because – what I started to do and you have to be, you have to have the humility to do this is you have to listen. And just like Worm, you were listening to my story, you listen to other people in that program, share their stories and share their stories about how they got sober and why they stayed sober. And when they share their stories, you start to hear your story and their story. And you think to yourself, man, I think I actually belong here. And then you keep on going back. Just like I used to drink, you know, on the weekends I'd always go back to it. I always go back to the AA meetings. And now during this Corona thing, as you guys mentioned, you know, we do everything by Zoom. And so for the person that is struggling out there that thinks they might have an addiction problem or alcohol problem, you know, what I would recommend you do is just listen, 
you know, finding an AA meeting online, you don't, you can keep anonymous and you don't have to put your name out there, but just go into a zoom meeting and listen to what those people have to say. And when you listen and you fully listen and stop thinking about yourself, you'll hear your story and many of their stories and how they became sober and why they stay sober. And so that is one avenue um, that I would highly recommend for somebody that may think that they may have a drinking problem. So you mentioned that your program is AA. There's, is there other pro? Because the only program I've ever heard of is AA. I don't. Have, is there other programs? Yeah. I mean, there, there's people that get sober that don't use AA. Yeah, I mean, I have buddies, two of my buddies that inspire me to get sober. And we used to go hard in the paint together. And, they, you know, they they got sober on their own. They did it on my own. They they did it on their own. And, um, you know, they, they just, they, I, me personally, I can't do it. My girlfriend, who's been my girlfriend for two years, she has um, a year and a half sobriety. And I'm very, very... Um, you know, so proud of her and grateful for her accomplishment. Um, she, she never had a drinking problem. She would, she, um, she could, we could go out to dinner and she would have a glass of wine and um, she wouldn't finish it. And I'm sitting there at dinner, like, are you going to finish that wine? Like, it's bothering me that you're not finishing. Cause it was me. Like I'd have that one and another one, and another one, but she's good with it. She can just have a drink and be cool with it. She did it for more of a, uh, for her health, um, and her father was an alcoholic. And so she didn't want to go down that avenue. But her, she just quit cold turkey. And, and some people can do it. I'm, I'm a witness to it. I have a lot of friends that have done it that way. Those two friends that I mentioned earlier. But there's readings. There's spiritual books you can do. Um, there's, uh, there's all types of avenues you can go that doesn't involve AA. But for the majority of people that are serious about their sobriety, um, the majority of people that I know and spoken to and listened to, they've gone through the AA route. And, and I was actually, I was, was going to ask you this because um, you, you had mentioned it. So sobriety doesn't necessarily mean giving up alcohol. Um, you, has there been some people where they just, uh, they, they finally come to the point where they could just have one and, and stop? Or, so, or is it just a slippery slope where it's just don't even, don't even yeah. go down that way? So, so sobriety is, is, um, is cutting it all off for him. So you, you, you can't, uh, yeah, it's completely cutting out alcohol. And so, um, you know, there, it, it, it comes to a point where, um, you know, you, you just, you, you, you give it all up and, um, you know, there are people out there that come and they go and I see it all the time and, uh, some people aren't ready for it and that's totally fine. That That's not, it's not on anyone's timeline except their own. And so, ultimately it goes back to what we were talking about is you just have to make that decision. Like, is it best for you to completely give it up? And so when I, um, when I gave up alcohol, man, I gave up everything. Like I gave up and I'm okay to talk about this. So I gave up cocaine. I gave up weed. I gave up ecstasy. I gave everything up. So, um, you know, the, the thing is when I became sober, I cut it all out, nothing. And, um, you know, that's it. Like nothing and so it's complete so, so now like when you cut everything out does that include like you know certain medicines have some kind of effects that some some have alcohol uh yeah nit- um, i'm sorry and then uh and then some medicines they make you feel you know loopy do, yeah. do, would, that, would that like trigger you if you did that funny man like uh the first like uh like there's like uh 
there's mouthwash that has alcohol in it and I have to kind of watch that alcohol free. But like when I first got sober, man, I was going out with this girl and uh, she was still drinking. And, um, you know, I was telling her, I think we were at a bar, which I shouldn't have been at a bar like three months sober. Uh, but I, I was there with her. We were on a date or something. And, you know, I was telling her that I drink NyQuil at night to help me ease my nerves and go to bed. And she's like, you know, that has alcohol in it. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what? does it and I'm like no, I don't think it does and so I go home and uh and sure enough it has five percent alcohol in it and so like I consciously I, I did not know that and so now um you know I I I you have to watch those things you talk about George so like for if I take Dayquil or if I Dayquil doesn't have alcohol in it but if I take NyQuil which I do um it has to be alcohol free um if I take CBD it has to have the uh the non- THC in it, um, mm. which is marijuana. Um, I just have to be open-minded. Uh, what's another one that I take that has, um, the main one is the, the Dayquil and the NyQuil. The mouthwash has, I think, like three or 5% alcohol in it, which I don't get that kind. But yeah, you're right. There are some things that, um, and I told her like, oh, well, the reason why I was really liking that NyQuil is because I think it has some alcohol. <laughs> I didn't know. But yeah, it was make me feel like I was loose at night. And I'm like, man, this Friday is not bad, which in reality, I was <laughs> just kind of turned because I would do like, you know, me, I, the normal person does like one thing of NyQuil. Like I still today do like two shots of NyQuil. I, I always do it to the max. I always go overboard. And so it's like, man, I was really feeling good. It's because it had alcohol in it. So in that, in that case, uh, would you have like, you said you were three months sober at the time. Would you say you had to restart your sobriety? Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's a good question, George. And I asked my sobriety and I asked other people that were in the program about it. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm willing to do it. It's not a big deal if you want me to change my sobriety date. Unconsciously, if you do that. Now, subconsciously, if I knew that I had alcohol and I did it, that would have ruined my sobriety date. But I unconsciously, I had no idea when mm. I... I cool that it had alcohol in it and so now consciously when i go into hebs i always look at the the labels and, and it's like for even like a whiskey cake um there's a uh, the restaurant in san antonio at the rim real upscale place i rarely go there but i went there for a birthday uh my what three years ago and they have a cake it's called whiskey cake but they have a cake that is made with whiskey in it and um I had, couldn't take, I couldn't, uh, couldn't enjoy, I couldn't take a bite out of it because it had like a more than like, I think 2% or something like that. I asked the people that made it. And so I got an alternative, but yeah, just got to keep an open mind about stuff like that. But you still use a uh, CBD. All right. We're going to pause the conversation here. Remember you can catch the second half of this podcast on Thursday. Chris, thank you for, thank you for joining us on part one. We're going to continue listening to your story, and then we're going to listen to your too hard, too fast story, which is the turning point. And I think that part is really going to hit home to a lot of people. Um, I, I know I follow you. I, I, I respect what you guys have, what you have going on. So I think somebody else might benefit from it as well. Yeah, um, I, I use so, social media as a platform to to uh, try to inspire others. So, uh, you know, I don't really post anything negative on there. Everything that, you know, is very family oriented and, and try to be a positive light in those people that are really in dark places. I know that sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Um, 
so you can find me on uh, on Facebook at Christopher Motts, just like it's spelled on the podcast. You can find me on Instagram the same way, and on Twitter on uh, at Chris Motts um, at at Chris Motts. So um, you just put my name in there, I'll pop up. Remember, if you're looking for help, don't wait for the next podcast. We have look look for it now. If you think it's time, look for it now. Um, but with that said, Worm, what are you gonna say? Yeah, if you go too hard, too fast, and you think you have a problem. Uh, definitely um, seek help. With that said, another podcast down the drain. Remember, dare to be you, dare to be weird. We'll see you guys on Thursday for the rest of Christmas story. Uh, bye. Bye.